Tim. This podcast today is a fun one. Uh, I got to hang out with my good buddy Duncan again, and I haven't had Duncan on the podcast for far too long. I do enjoy hanging out with that guy. He's uh, he's a lot of fun. Um, what did we talk about today? Man, we were all over the map. Uh, this podcast is coming out just before Christmas, uh, less than a week before Christmas, because, um, I don't know, that's just why it's coming out. More importantly, we do talk some Christmas stuff. We talk about the language behind that song, Baby It's Cold Outside, which, if you haven't heard, uh, just go Google why we can't listen to that song anymore. We have different perspectives on that song to Duncan and I. Uh, no surprise there. We ended up talking politics a little bit, because that's, I don't know, Duncan's really interested in politics and stuff. And we talked a little bit about Christmas myths, or not really Christmas, things that we don't like about the Christmas time. From the perspective of two guys who um, spend a lot of a lot of our lives pointed towards Christmas and Easter, so that's what we do. It's our work. It's our lives. That's the thing that kind of uh, is the centerpiece of our careers. So we just chat about that towards the end. But man, we're all over the place on this podcast, as we always are, because it is all the things. Uh, a couple of things to remind you of. Uh, first, we are always available to take your questions, thoughts, concerns, topics, blah, blah, whatever. You can email us all the things with Luke Tim at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke underscore Tim, Instagram Luke underscore Tim. Facebook is just my name, and there's a couple of me out there. Uh, only one of me is actually me, so you have to figure that out. Another fun thing, I'm hoping to have uh, a guy... Doug Darnell on the podcast uh, in just a couple of days here, and that one will probably come out just after Christmas, to talk about what it's like to be uh, on the other side of a mission trip, left behind while your spouse goes on a mission trip, and probably some health insurance insurance stuff too, because that's kind of his world. But he and I are also on an endeavor that I think some of you are excited about, and that is this whole coffee thing. Buy coffee do good is kind of our motto. We buy coffee and good things happen in Kenya. And we will get a lot more information out to you on that here in just a couple of days. But until then, I do ask that you would share this podcast with other people, link on it, uh, share it via whatever apps you get it on. But uh, please do share. It's fun to get this out and to connect to as many people as possible. So whew, without further ado, please welcome my good friend, and cohort in all things Duncan McClellan. Duncan's on. What's up, Duncan? It's cold outside. Maybe it is. Great song. Great song. It's It's a wonderful song. It's actually awful. It's the worst song ever. Did it hurt your feelings? No. <clears throat> my feelings are, my apologies in advance for the coughing and I have the, I have the great crud the great crud of 2018 why is it a terrible song uh, you know I wanted to feel the way that I'm guessing that you feel about it which is sort of that uh, but it's this liberal lefty stuff and it's but then I actually read the lyrics and I was like Ooh. she's flirting with him 
she's flirting back and he's flirting and that's the way they flirted in the 40s I know. and that's the way people flirt. I get you. I'm with you. There, and that's all there is. There's no like deep hidden patriarchal meaning behind it. It's a fun song. But when you listen to it today – in today's context, which is really the only context. Of trying to find things to be offended by. No, it's actually kind of gross, dude. She's joking. She's – oh, she wants him to beg her to stay. I get that. That's how it was. It's called flirting. Well, it's it. how uh, – But you can't do that today. <laughs> you can't You can't do that today. Why not? Why can't you have fun? Fun is no longer a virtue. We can get into this. <laughs> We have sacrificed fun on the altar of entertainment and having fun is no longer a virtue. I'm with you in a lot of ways, but in today's culture – Then why would you bring me in if we're just going to sit here and agree and – No, but I, I think that – so you're probably thinking that I, I think the – by the way, you, you need a good haircut. You, I do. I'm, it's, <laughs> I told Alyssa this. Tonight for date night, we are going to – it's it's haircutting day. And you cut your own hair. She cuts my hair. Like she doesn't let me cut my own hair. savage. Dude, get a professional to cut your hair. What's I don't need you? some other person fondling my head. I want my wife to do that. Have you never had a haircut? They don't I really have professional. Oh, no, they do where I go. <laughs> I'm not sure you're going to a, a reputable place. Like that could be your issue. Is it like an Asian massage haircut place? <laughs> Takes an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, there's this weird lower body massage that comes along with it. Is that that's normal, right? No, I think. What do you get when you ask for a trim? <clears throat> I just get my hair cut. Do you cut your own hair? No, no. To do that, I could cut that. I could cut that while we're doing the show. You think d- about how effective you, you think would be. You can but giving you time and life back to you. A good fade is hard to do. It's all the things, including Luke Tim's haircut live. I get really angry when when somebody screws up my haircut. I get so angry. So the thing is, my wife. I, see, I want your haircut. Because then I don't have to think about it yeah. for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. My wa- And God bless her. She likes to have hair on the side of my head, which now on haircut day, it bushes out to the side and I look like some sort of guy that needs a haircut with a neck beard and like it's just gross. It looks like you're wearing a helmet. Yeah? It really does. It, lo- it looks like you are preparing. But I'm not going gray. No, no baldness. It's kind of good. That's true. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost showing off to our mid-40s friends that like – this may look weird, but you can't do it. You have a, you have a little gray. Little, but just a couple. Not bad. No, it's just it's. Uh, I'm really gray, but you can't tell because it's as short as it is. I can tell. Well, I mean, yeah, if you look really close. And the gel and all that. You don't know if you're looking at shiny gel hair right, right. or gray hair. That's exactly the point. <laughs> <laughs> I am not even going to try and lie about it. There's some. There's a fair amount of gray in there. But back to the baby, it's cold outside. I'm not even saying that it's it's icky for him as much as um, it. The issue is she. I, w- I would say that it's egregious on the part of the woman. A She's flirting. She's having fun. They had yeah. fun back in the '40s. Uh, we beat the Nazis. Uh-huh. Let's have fun. In the '40s, I'm saying today. If you were if you were a 20 year old dude today. And a girl said, no, I got to go home. Would but she's you? not saying that. She's saying, I really must go. She's not saying, I got to go. I, I'm she, telling she's, you, if I was a 20-year-old dude today and the girl is like, mm, I should really go home. And she was joking. I'd be like, all right, see ya. I am not. It because is, we can't have fun anymore. Yes. We can't have nice things. Correct. We can't flirt. You can't. Right. That is. You can't tease. That is you a game changer. Why? Dude. 
Why? Because all you don't know, all she has to do is a couple of weeks later get pissed off when you break up with her, and she's like, mm, "I'm about to ruin your life." I said I wanted to go, and you talked me into it. Like, but you were flirting and you were kidding. And she goes, mm. "I said no," and you're a dead man. No. Yes, no. no, no that's no. a true thing. <laughs> it is you not can, a true thing. Yes, it is. There is a case in in California. <laughs> We're a girl. The exception proves the rule. Next issue. No, it's over and the over again. The exception proves the rule. All right. <laughs> How about this for an exception? There is an entire this isn't podcast even <laughs> series on Radiolab. I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. Um, In the Know. It's a three-part series, and it's all of these stories over and over again. There's, there's an attorney whose job it is to try and defend guys who they got consent for sex – and then later, somebody said, well, I wasn't in my right mind to consent. So don't have sex. That's a different issue than flirting. Uh, dude, If I am uh, saying the culture right now is such where if a girl said any sort of no, I would bail. I would run away. I wouldn't know how to date anymore. So <clears throat> I'm, I mean, like, let's just you never be honest. Did you know how to date. Let's be honest. You got married when you're like 40. <laughs> No, it's you I mean, found a woman wonderful who I don't, what happened there? What happened? Was she kept in a bunker? A lifetime of virtue and hard work paid off, I would like to think. I think she was in a bunker. I think she came out of that bunker and you lucked out to be the first dude she saw. She wasn't the kind to bring in strays. Do you know that the day that we first started corresponding, she had a date with a guy who was like a college football quarterback. And she stood I, him up. I believe. She stood him up because we were going to chat. And that's where it all started. Yeah, she was in a bunker. She came out of the bunker, met the quarterback, and then and then you said something about Jesus. And she was probably raised in some, like, creepy cult underground. Missouri Synod. Yeah, there you go. It was so <laughs> there you go. No, I'll agree with you that the that the climate for dating has changed. That it's this uh, too many too many causes to really pinpoint one, but people not being very good at nonverbal communication, not face to face, very one dimensional. Text is talking, and 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 what's the point of a relationship anyway, right? So I, I don't. I think that's what makes dating today like we couldn't relate to it, other than we're married and old. But like, what's the point in dating today? What's the point? I mean, once the girl comes in, once she's at your house, we all know why she's at your house. It's not just to hang out and have fun. It's to hook up. Right. So. But it could be that she just wants to hang out and have fun. Maybe you're in the friend zone. I imagine you've been in the friend zone most of your life. (laughs) All the way across town the week before Christmas. I have a million things to do and Luke's jealousy over my wife is what we're going to talk about. (laughs) This is, it's not jealousy. It's amazement. It's amazement. You have so far outkicked your coverage. Would you buy the book? I write a book, the how to. Yeah. It's that's like how to win the lottery. Sixes and tens. (laughs) How to (laughs) six, six. You're being so generous. This is like eight years ago. Six. Um, Yeah. Post running the marathon. You got to round up. <laughs> yeah, three doesn't round up to six, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it did when it counted. <laughs> no, my hat's off to you. 
Yeah. I'm pretty impressed too. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I imagine you are. <laughs> so, um, and I imagine she's not. Anyways, back to that. Yeah. I, my, my, one of my great observations in all of this, um, and it kind of came from listening to that in the know podcast from radio lab, which by the way, radio lab is, is hit and miss. You, you run into some episodes that are so PC liberal left that it's garbage, but most of the time it's PC liberal left in a way that's intriguing because you at least get a little bit of insight into this is what they're thinking. Yeah. How, how did they get there? Oh, the non crazy. Like there actually are people who have a brain that think differently than I do about most yeah. things. They yeah. start in a different place and they end up in a different place and you go, well, that makes sense. And, um, they're talking about this, this group of college programmers who wrote an app that is a consent app. So it literally is because nothing can be fun. But no, here's I think you'll like where I'm going with this. It is a way I give up. To, Every day the terrorists wake up and wonder why aren't we winning, right? <laughs> so just go ahead. One more. So you open the app and it's like these series of questions. Do you consent to kissing? Do you consent to and I haven't I haven't I don't have the app for obvious reasons, but I my understanding from listening is like every every increment of intimate behavior, kissing with tongue, kissing and touching and overclothes and underclothes and naked and like so it's all of these incremental agree to and it will like you stop along the way and go, all right. Click the app. Yeah. We've gone to first and I think it records your voice. So it's like you open up the app and it's like, uh, my name is Luke and I consent to, and then she says, my name is Joni and I consent to. Because nothing can be fun anymore. Just wait, wait. So it's this whole like process of, um, it's, and it's, they're trying to make it legally binding. uh, So developing a legal contract that can, that can stand up in court for the purpose of moving towards an intimate relationship, you and I have done that. We just called it marriage. Marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so how fun I, is it that we've circled all the way back around? People are like, I don't need a piece of paper in this legal contract. I got free an app love. for it. Yeah, well, it's like this whole free love. You can just do whatever you want. Get naked. Have fun. This is and like the consequence, the the obvious. Con- well, I would have hoped it would have been obvious to some people. Consequence of that is. Broken hearts, broken lives, uh, violence against women—like that's that's what that that's what happens when you go free love in the '60s and '70s, and just throw marriage out, and then you end up in this place of uh, people don't know how to how to be intimate together anymore, and because we've lost the concept of marriage. So if I'm dating again, right, and and we know that sex is off the table because that's a marriage thing, mm-hmm. and I don't need to worry about that because we're not going there. Mm-hmm. Right, because we know how God set it up. We're not going to do that. It makes the relationship more enjoyable because there's not that. At some point, I need to throw on the brakes because I like we're not going to go there. So, baby, it's cold outside. If all we're going to do is sit by the fire and kiss, if I stay or I go, it doesn't really matter beyond the moment. Yeah. But if I'm going to stick around and I'm going to give you my purity. And then maybe I get pregnant. Now all of a sudden, the decision I make, do I stay or do I go, it does matter. And you pressuring me to make a bad decision has lasting consequences for me. Therefore, it's a different scenario than we're just going to make out on the couch for a little while and then we're going to bundle and I'm going to go home. Yeah, everybody knows in that moment, should I stay or should I go – 
But if you're talking if about you stay, stay or there go, will be trouble. first base. But if you go, there will be double. double. <laughs> so you got to let me know. <laughs> should I stay? Should I cool it? Should I go? Should I blow? <laughs> but, the, but you see, what I'm saying like like if the debate is over, first base or second base, okay. You still want to make the right decision because your friends are going to gossip and so are his, but it's not a big deal. If we're talking all the way, then it's a more serious and then you need the app. But yeah, marriage. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a contractual way for two people to consent to an intimate relationship. The difference is marriage says from the construct of, of the biblical viewpoint of marriage, this is a lifelong thing and this intimate relationship goes the rest of our lives. And for this app, it's like, yeah, next four hours. <laughs> We're good, right? We're good? You're not going to press charges. You're not going to decide later. Look at all the consent I got. <clears throat> Which you would hope that by the point you get to that area of your relationship, you would know if the person has psycho in them. Well, that, but that's the point is to dating today, you, consent and sex is like, an hour in. I mean, this is what Tinder is. Like, we haven't right. even met yet, and we're planning on screwing. Right. See the problem? <laughs> no, I 100% see the problem. And that's why I don't want... I, that's why I'm opposed to the song, because the song from the culture of the 40s makes perfect sense. But you can't listen to it today without being... without hearing it in our own context, where it's like, oh, that is... That is a world of trouble right there. But what <laughs> I'm saying is what I'm saying it no and Yes, but that's the problem. You're not wrong. You're dumb. You're not wrong. But that's the problem <laughs> is that you can't sing it today right. and not have in the back of like at least in some corner of her brain going, "Oh, she's going to go psycho on him tomorrow." Like mm-hmm. that shouldn't happen. That song should be able to be sung and have fun and flirt and whatever and no big deal and it's happiness. Yeah, but you can't put the genie back in the bottle. We, we live in this culture today. I think you can. Okay. I mean, I, right? <laughs> I mean, <then>. eventually <laughs> – no, I mean things are cyclical, right? You just said it's coming back around to, well, that's marriage. Eventually the PC like – this is going to play out and be replaced with something else. What, so what's next? So, so we go from here where on the one hand – we want instant hookup. We want pleasure right away. You are nothing to me but a fleshy dopamine hit waiting to happen, right? What comes after that? The next fleshy dopamine hit. <laughs> or non-fleshy dopamine hit. Yeah. So what comes after that? Yeah, I, I think our, our society and culture is in a downward spiral that continues until Jesus returns. Like that's it. I don't disagree. This but what's next? What's the next circular thing in the downward spiral of stupidity and sin? Oh, I'm super. This is the depressing, like, winter solstice blog, <laughs> isn't it? Almost You're going to post this next week when it's the darkest day. The, <laughs> and we're all sad. And, aren't you so glad? And for all you lonely people out there, <laughs> <laughs> make sure to sign up for Tinder. We just got done talking about how beautiful my wife is and how dumb I am. And, and there you are, lonely. Right. I, I, what, yeah. I got nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really bad at predicting what is the next weird thing that happens. Um, I'm usually good at picking it up when it starts because I try and keep Trends. it tuned. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, the, the Outrage Olympics, um, I think, are going to continue for a while. 
I, I really do. But they're getting shouted. I mean, social media is shouting them down. For example, last year was, I think the first year, baby, it's cold. We can't do this anymore. This is rape culture. This year, what I've seen is more people mocking the, we can't do this anymore, people. Yeah, They're getting shouted be. down on social media, at yeah, least. Yeah, but your social media is probably kind of an echo chamber of a lot of people who are... But it wasn't last year. Last year, side. it was Baby It's Cold Outside is the Hitler of Christmas music. Right. Now it's people who think it's the Hitler of Christmas music need to get a life. Right. Is what I'm... So, I mean... I mean, maybe Facebook improved their algorithm. I don't know. <laughs> I Yeah, the, the whole outrage issue I think is going to be around for a while um, what I what I see declining is the postmodern concept of everybody's truth is true like that's that whole sort of um, not absolute truth thing is starting to go away because it used to be real comfy to just kind of get in that position where you say no um What's true for you is different from what's true for me. And I think the the nail in the, the first nail in the coffin was, and I think I've said this before on the podcast, sorry, uh, was 9-11. Because everybody said absolutely on our side in the U.S. that was evil. But then you had to also consider, well, the people who did it absolutely believed that it wasn't. So those are conflicting things. Somebody is right and somebody is wrong. And that's that flies in the face of that whole postmodern subjective truth. And since then, we've slid into a place. And this, this is part of why we're so divided right now is because the so truth. So whose truth is acceptable truth? It's, it's, it's not there's one truth. It's that there's a range of acceptable truths. And then there's the stuff out there. And I think where you're going with this is the censorship of the major social media companies – who do they get to censor and who don't they, right? Because that, sure. because now they are the gatekeeper for what is acceptable speech and what is unacceptable. The government actually is relatively hands-off on this. Right. But it's, the, it's these companies. And I uh, saw an interesting documentary on it and how they want to – if they're going to be – if they're going to censor things, then they can't claim to operate as a utility, if they operate as a utility, they fall under certain legal whatever. It's better for right. them, but then they can't censor. <clears throat> so it's it's actually an interesting. That is interesting because the I don't think it's a settled debate that they want to act as a utility, uh, and I don't think that it's settled that we want them to act as a utility. But I see the utility in them being a utility. I, I mean the question is how much due diligence do you put on the users to know this is the information they're harvesting from you. This is the information they're pushing on you. This is their agenda and it is an agenda. It can be a good agenda, a bad agenda. Right, there is an right. agenda. This is what they're trying to do to you. This is how they can manipulate you. This is how they are manipulating you and this is what they're not doing because mm-hmm. that stuff's going they, – they, they did studies on how, how they can manipulate you to vote mm-hmm. just by what they show you about different events, different candidates, different whatever – well, that'll never happen to me, but it does. And and the question is, should they be allowed to do that? I would say, sure. Um, you're choosing to use their product. They can. You are the product, right? That's fine. But User there needs beware. to be some sort of <coughs> responsibility on the use. You are the product, right? So educate yeah. yourself. This is what Google's doing. This is what Facebook is doing. What I love right? about so it. So I started jacking with Facebook real quick. 
So all those ads that pop up, mm-hmm. I started rejecting every single one. It is irrelevant to me. Don't show me this again. <laughs> so it went from the ads of like cars and manly things to like very relevant to you, right? And then now it's more like maxi pads, clothing, and yeah. <laughs> like my goal we don't is know to what this guy's into. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and to and to reject every advertiser that Facebook has. But I have noticed – I mean I've rejected – this is, this is fun, right? I'm getting fewer ads because the algorithm's going, what is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's everything. You're just starting to get Zoloft. And, yeah. yeah, I was going to say Zoloft, depression meds. <laughs> awesome. So what, what I find interesting about that is on the one hand, absolutely everybody says um, these things are influencing. This, this is what the whole – the real Russian – Facebook scandal thing is, you know, these Russian bots, they hacked our election by doing what? By fake things on bots and such on Facebook and Twitter. Okay. So they're estimating they spent $100,000. Nothing. Basically nothing. Kid in his basement, right? So here's why this is so disruptive is (laughs) the, the candidates are raising hundreds of millions of dollars and spending it on advertising to do the same thing and they're losing (laughs) because so on the one hand they want to say russia totally hacked our election and through the election because of the money they spent you know hundred thousand dollars yeah that's why we need to raise more money like why don't you just spend $200,000 $200,000 on Facebook <laughs> and you would have won, right? But who is – so who is really anxious right now are the advertisers. So like – not, not just advertisers but the uh, media companies like CBS, NBC, ABC because they depend on the revenue source for all of those ads that they that they show. So if you're saying I can accomplish with – like locally in Iowa, if, if I can accomplish with five grand – on social media online, what my my opponent can accomplish with a million dollars on on TV, well, I'm going to go online. So who's going to be really pissed off? The people who aren't getting the million dollars. That the major media. Yes. They need to reinvent themselves quickly. And, and hopefully with 5G coming out, they'll be able to, the major broadcasting companies, switch over from a broadcast format to an online format. Because I don't see their model continuing. I mean, there's yeah. sports, yeah, but there. I but don't that's, have the confidence and, they'll do it. And news, yeah, but I think people are less. I don't watch as much news as I used to. Mm-hmm. I'm more selective with what I do, right? But um, because it's, it, it's the news is entertainment. I mean, if you watch something that's news, odds are it's designed to. It's designed to produce revenue for the advertisers, which mm-hmm. is designed to get you to tune in and keep watching. Mm-hmm. To impart relevant, true information to you is not their goal. No. Which is fine. It doesn't need to be their goal. They never said it was. They used to say it was. This is why the older generation is really confused because back in the days when you had Tom Brokaw and, and all these other trusted news sources. It's the same thing. Their job is to get you to tune in and stay tuned in. But they – I think there was a higher level of journalistic expectation it was like I can trust that this guy is telling me just the truth and no spin. That's it why was I still in. it was still slanted. But they only had well, a half. But they probably. only had a half hour, right? So the whole day, you only need to come up with twenty two minutes of news. Mm-hmm. So you can weed out the crap stories. You can weed out the irrelevant mm-hmm. stuff. So we boiled it all down to the headlines. 
Whereas now news is like, I mean, <coughs> everything irrelevant, poorly researched, typos, like everything because it's a 24-hour cycle, not a half hour at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I I always am just so amazed at this controversy over the Russia investigation and hacking. And pe- people have kind of lumped it all together into this big thing of collusion, hacking, bought the election, Trump didn't really win, Russia voted for him. Like, well, That's not what the argument is. <laughs> yeah. That's what it comes off as. That's what people think. Like, You're right. Like Russia changed <clears throat> votes to Trump. Like – no, Russia bought ad space on social media and used that ad space to tell lies. Yes. And when That's, I – okay. So I was, I was talking to somebody in Kenya and, and it was not too long after the election and they, they were like, what's this Trump thing and this Russia thing? And they were, were having this conversation and I went, whoa, whoa, slow down. Are you under the impression that Russia hacked the voting booths? They are. They really are. And that's not at all the issue. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) The issue is Russia bought ad space on social media Mm -hmm. and put misinformation in that ad space. And the the Russian collusion – so now people kind of lump that in – is Trump colluded with Russia to change the votes so that Trump would win. The the collusion question is did somebody from Trump camp talk to somebody from Russia camp and say, hey, do you have dirt on Hillary? Which has got – which is no vote changing. It shouldn't – you shouldn't need to outsource like <laughs> dirt on Hillary. That's pretty much – Yeah. Just look Google. at Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> just Google, bro. Yeah. No. So th- that – but what's going to take him down and I think there's a good chance are the strippers because he – the way he gave – the way he directed Cohen to give them money is a felony. So um, I want to start my comment with I am not a Trump apologist or defender. I think the man's garbage. But I just want to be clear because I think there's a lot of expectations out there that we're going to get him. And we're not. He's not going to get got until potentially after he's no longer president. Because where those those file those charges are criminally, you mean at all, because the stuff that he has done, if there is any crime to it, it's it's uh, all of this would, would land in the southern district of the New York court. And they have these these three people who who have made the three judges have made the decision to have said that a sitting president cannot be indicted. Full stop. Not indicted for this or that, but full stop. You cannot indict a sitting president. So there's that, and the one says you can. So that is a he, – he will not get indicted for these things. He doesn't need to be. I, I, I'm, I'm not talking criminal. I'm talking about will he get him politically? Oh. Because the indictment – I mean what, what Trump would want, if, if you're not guilty, indict me and let's, let's get this all out and let me prove my innocence and we'll move on and then we're done. But because there's no presentation of evidence under oath – Yada, 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 right? But he is a slippery, gross turd. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. But the accusations against him don't need to be made under oath. They don't need to be – they they can be made in the court of public opinion where it's much easier to tar and feather someone. But we did that already. I mean they tried to do that with Stormy Daniels. I mean everybody already agrees all this stuff But that was a clown show. 
what they're going to get him on is they're going to they're going to convict him criminally in the court of public opinion of committing a crime. They what he's not going to go to jail. What's he done now? Like he's done all of the worst things I can think of. <laughs> and we haven't convicted him in the court of public opinion. Like what else is there? He screwed a porn star well, Several. Wife, well, but I mean, well, this is a special one. Specific, yes. well, he's not that special if you Google her. Not that I Google her. Just saying. Well, the special, the special incident was his wife was giving birth. Yeah. Oops. Is there something worse than that? <laughs> I mean, if there is, I'm going to be amazed and frankly impressed. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's as bad as it gets. But what they can do, what the Southern Court can do, is they can secretly indict him, which I think is this whole exciting fun thing <laughs> like secret indictment sounds so much fun so in order to avoid the statute of limitations running out they can do this thing where they do a secret indictment but not make it public at all so that we've hit the indictment but then it comes out after he's no longer a sitting president and they can come forward and say we indicted you two years ago four years ago whatever it is and then he could actually go to jail so he could get all the way through the presidency and then go to jail so go two terms and then go to jail. That'd be awesome. Does he run for re-election? I think so. Just to avoid jail time. <laughs> <laughs> for four years. Right. So I don't know. I don't. And I think he's going to win. No. I don't, I don't think he wins. And I know I've, I've heard the three-dimensional underwater chess kind of thing. Yeah, and the Democrats will nominate someone like worse than Hillary and so because they can't. They don't have the pulse of America, right? Their echo chambers of special interests yeah. got it. Um, but I think I think he faces a Republican challenger. Ooh, I don't think so. Why not? Because it <laughs> under the guise of we're just preparing him for the real race, what he's going to face, and all of a sudden, whoever they put up, yeah, we're kind of tired of the Trump show. Yeah, and we've seen the polls. We don't think he can win. I, the thing is you have this Trump train of people and I'm not saying that all people who support Trump are unthinking, but a number of his supporters support him in a very unthinking way. And what happens to them? Well, I, my only my only pause on, on the not running Trump again thing is if he wants to run, the Republicans are gaining enough right now with him being president. I mean, it's working enough that – well, I mean, what's not working? What's not working is you have the Democratic Party on the ropes, the Democrat Party on the ropes, and you can't land you can't land the KO punch because Trump. What's the KO punch? I think the Republicans are are getting everything they would ever want. They lost control of the House. That that is a very regular thing that happens in almost every presidency. The midterms almost always swing the other way. It happened with Obama. So you're saying that the Trump presidency is a normal presidency? No, no. That's I'm saying, my, see, that's, I'm and saying I, the I midterm was, elections were normal. That was a normal event. It's very – it's consistent. If you look, all the midterms always swing the other way. Not to the degree – Right. This is a little bit above average. The amount of the amount of house. Actually, it is. No, it's not. They kept. The I'll Senate. arm wrestle you for it. Dude, I'm talking very specifically. Said the house. <laughs> right. It's not listening. Pretty regular. You lose one. But they the have the Democrat the Party on the ropes. They had them where they were losing governorships, state houses, federally, and now they've clawed their way back. Which is because normal. of their. But it didn't need to be. They were on the ropes. It happened. They should have won the election in 2016. They didn't because Trump got lucky. 
right? I mean, 40,000 votes in Wisconsin, a few 10,000 votes. He got lucky. See, I don't think it was lucky. I, I think it was a, a good strategy. It was a good strategy plus luck. Well, I, I would say it was a B-plus strategy on his part and like a C-minus strategy on Hillary's part. I think her health kept her from campaigning as much as she needed to in the end. It could be. I mean, that's – I mean, she – the people. I mean, she, I don't know if she's smart or not, but the people she surrounded herself with have won elections. Yeah, and for them to not see this, you need to get out there. And I can't because I passed out in front of my truck the other day. Well, I think I think the part that, that I would give it a C minus is I don't think they took Trump seriously. What does that mean? Well, that's why they. I mean, yes, she had health issues for sure, but there was also just the. And she's not a compelling candidate. I mean, she's not. So we're losing 20,000 votes in Wisconsin. We can't parade Hillary out there and gin up 100,000 votes. Yeah. So what do we do? I mean, I think her, I think her strategy is probably A plus. The candidate's a D minus outside of Democratic echo chamber. Yeah. I, here's, here's what I think is going to be super detrimental for the Democrats. And, and I, I will very publicly say I hope a Democrat wins because I think it's going to be Trump. And I would, I would be very happy for us to not have Trump as a president for a while. Um, I think Hillary's going to run. I don't think she's going to win the nomination, but I think that's going to cause such disruption in the party that the party is going to be a shit show, and she's not going to that she's not going to get nominated. And whoever gets nominated, the every the whole country's going to look and be like, "Are you serious?" And we're going to end up they're going to eat themselves. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> it's interesting. She she has gone on record several times. You know she's doing a, a speaking tour right they now. They can't fill. Husband. They're like giving away tickets. That's so sad. They can't. Former president, right? I mean, and nobody nobody cares. Yeah. It's. Do they not notice? <laughs> Are they unaware? <laughs> like no, nobody likes you. Stop. Echo no chamber. Echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And happy she, birthday to this future president. Right. That whole. It, and every time that she does one of these shows that nobody shows up at, they ask her, oh, are you considering running again? She goes, uh, well, you know, and she doesn't rule it out. Be like, no, people don't like me. I'm going away. I'm going to spend all my money. I'm going to have fun. Bye. She's going to be such a distraction that whoever gets the nomination yeah. is going to have gone through months of dealing with this moron, this monster of a politician because her machine is all still in place and she still has a giant war chest of money. And she is somebody who could very quickly raise a pile of, of cash because she has a lot of very From powerful her, friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, she could do it, man. She could run again for sure. And I, and I don't think she's going to get the nomination. But whoever gets it is going to come off of this whole thing of beating up Hillary for months and be like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> The whole country be like, you guys are Politics morons. sucks. Would a third party please stand up? Please? Yeah. Well, and, and the libertarians, God bless them, had a chance in 2016 and they blew it because they went to their fringe issues. Heroin, prostitution, all that stuff. Instead of saying, wouldn't it be nice if it didn't matter so much who the president was because the government was half the size? And they would have they would have picked up enough votes to be seriously considered – they would have gotten some electoral votes, basically. Right. And, and part of that is the, the system is set up to make sure we don't ever get a third party. I mean, it's right. both Democrats and Republicans. It is in their best interest that there isn't a third party. You don't want two enemies. You want one enemy. 
So are the, they enemies? <clears throat> uh, yeah, we've we've covered that before. We both think that they're no, the same right. people. They're the same people, and it benefits Republicans and Republican districts to be Republican. It benefits Democrat and Democrat districts to be Democrat. Right. They're happy. And it's never been more clear in the last two presidencies that they're the same party. Republicans and Democrats mm-hmm. are the same. So sure. take a guess at which president increased oil production in the U.S., including offshore drilling, ever. Right. That's Obama. <laughs> there were more wars under Obama than any president until Trump. Trump he, is the first president to uh, – what, what I was he – the first to not – basically start another conflict somewhere in the last 40, 50 years. Yeah, but Obama amped all of that up. Sure. So if, if the Democrats were the not-war party, <clears throat> well... Your, your guy's not listening. Your guy's not listening. <laughs> if the Republicans are the smaller government, then our guy, Republican guy, None of them are listening. Not listening. <laughs> the party of life, why do we still... We can't even cut funding to Planned Parenthood? Right. I mean, that's not even a real abortion issue because... Mm-hmm. You can still get your – I mean you, it doesn't – we can't even do that. The Republicans are the party of security. Where's – I mean n- not, we're not going to build a physical wall across Mexico. But where's the enhanced border security, whatever that is? Because these issues keep getting them elected. Why would I want to solve a problem when the problem is the thing that I run on and gets me elected? And so you've, you've got Obama wins and we all think awesome – well, depending if where you land on this, we're going to get real single single payer health care. We're going to get you know health care reform. So Obama ran against Mitt Romney. Obama won the election and essentially gave the country Romney care. It was Mitt Romney's mm-hmm. health care model mm-hmm. from That's Massachusetts, right? right? So yeah, yeah. We, what? why didn't we like that guy if we're gonna get all republican stuff because it it is it's the same same. it's the same agenda of making the government making you think the government is necessary for you to have life liberty in the pursuit of happiness yeah yeah several years ago well several four years ago something like that um the democratic party passed legislation or not legislation they they passed this they all agreed. They, they signed this agreement that said no Democrat will take money from oil industries. Made a very big public show of it. And less than a year later, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and that was real hush, hush and quiet. Like, <laughs> Be- because because with, with their pushing for increased regulations, who does that who does that hurt? Upstart oil companies. Yeah. Competition. The people that are already entrenched can pay to can pay for the and this is the same thing with all government regulation. The big players can afford the regulations are a smaller percentage of their overall expenditures than smaller companies. Right. So it's just it's a it makes it a higher barrier to entry mm-hmm. and it benefits the established players. Yeah. The question is though, why is big tech so lops ninety percent Democrat giving, ten percent GOP? And I'm not buying it's because they're all a bunch of nut-eating, tree-hugging, whatever. They are capitalists. They are as capitalist as it gets. And yet their they're giving is more than just a little bit lopsided. And that's what I don't understand. I don't, I, it's, it's not the personal, political, whatever. It's not because they're all pro-choice, you know, whatever the Democrats are today. What is it about the Democrat Party that is attractive to – technology capitalists. It's, I think it just comes down to their own constituents, which are their customers. 
that they they're just paying lip service, and it's it's a big deal. I mean, same same essentially with the industry that is Hollywood, right? You make a Hollywood movie and as many Democrats as Republicans watch it. So why is it that 90% of all Hollywood actors are Democrat, progressive, left-wing? It's this pressure that's part of the industry culture. And to, to play ball and get into it, and, and everybody who's going to write about you in the media and, and all the people who are going to cover you, we just got to play nice with them. And so I don't know if it's if it's even conscious as much as it is people realize growing up because you're, you're looking up to this actor you're looking up to this person and so just bona fides right and they're all they're doing is is preaching their their dogma and you go oh that's what actors do so that's what I love that guy I want to be like that guy I love her I want to I want to be an actress just like her and here's what she thinks and believes so now that's what I think and believe so Democrats running in 2020. Right, I like your Hillary theory of she's going to be a pain. It's going to suck. On the on, so that's the old crusty, just go away version of Democrats. Then you have Alexandria Ocasio Cortez on the naive, <laughs> radical young side. Yeah, and she's. I mean, she can't run, so that's not a problem. But her wing of the party. <coughs> which is unelectable at a national level, needs to be appeased as well. So the, the Democratic Socialist Party that, that uh, Ocasio-Cortez is a part of is actually a little bit intriguing to me. Um, they really got to get rid of that word socialist because <laughs> here's the thing is socialism has, has taken on this new um, – We've projected this thing on it that the only thing that – you know everything that is socialist is Stalin murdering people or anything that is socialist is people it's murdering people. what it usually people. turns into. Well, and the, the other – But the so, intention is good. You're, what you're saying is that the initial intention is good. Well, hang on. The other side says, <clears throat> no, all things socialism is happiness, sunshine, roses and free stuff. So both sides have, have painted this picture of socialism that is – ideological and it's it is um, naive and dumb it's just not it's not grounded in reality because we have socialist things in our country right now sure like public schools mm-hmm. so just medicare because, yeah. social security highways police departments firefighters these are all socialist if the, if you say well government control uh, okay means of production i'm not sure roads are well, means of pro- funded by taxpayers Right. No, it's so so to, to lump it all into means of production is, is to take a very narrow view of, of socialism. So socialism is also different from social projects or programs. So it, to say funded by taxpayer, run by the government, um, not private, in other words, there's a lot of not sure. private things in our country that even your staunch anti-socialist guy, because I had this conversation with a crazy. Well, he's not crazy. He's a nice guy. But he's staunchly against and opposed to socialism and anything that sounds social. Like if the word social is in it, he hates it because it's socialism. Mm-hmm. And I go, so would you want to get rid of all public schools? And he's like, well, maybe. I go, where do your kids go? Public school. <laughs> so there's private schools. You could send your kid to a private school. But until the public – because I'm, I'm with that. I think public education is a terrible idea. I think it's not great, but it's it's better than kids not going to school. True. Yeah. No. <clears throat> a- absolutely. And so for us, we send our kids to public because 
Ideally, we wouldn't. However, based on the fact that it's five houses down from us, right, and the private school costs a bunch of money that we don't have because we're paying money in taxes to the public school, we're choosing not to, right? So I don't like the uh, – that's getting off into the weeds. I yeah, don't yeah. like the idea that one, school is compulsory in a free country and two, that the government – provides, quote, education in the same way I don't want government to teach my kid about God. Mm -hmm. I just don't trust it. Yeah, you're kind of a nut job in that regard. Anybody listening, Duncan is all in on the... Bunker? Bunker. (laughs) I'm kind of bunkerish. But so... So so, so Ocasio. Yeah. And and ideologically, back, back to socialism... There's a, there's a difference when when you get away from things that are eh, not not quite as as charged like fire. We all uh, agree people's houses burning down is bad. Somebody should do something about that. And the idea of privatizing a fire department doesn't sound good. Or police. There's a great one. <laughs> right. Privatize the police. The police show up when you pay them money. But not when you don't. That's it's not going to end up fair because people who pay more are going to get better services. This is that's how all capitalism should work. So I pay X amount of dollars for internet that goes this fast, and if I pay more, it comes this fast. So if I pay this much money for police, they respond within. So an I hour. Mean, you're you're, argu- you're arguing for, <clears throat> if not the safety net, kind of the there there is a basement level to. There are culture. some things that lend themselves to being government-run social programs, and there are some things that don't. The real debate is only which are, are better private and which are better not. I would argue in theory you're wrong. In practice, it's expedient. Right? Yeah. I can't imagine a way in which a private police department could ever be good. Sure. I could. I mean, we already have private security firms and all that kind of stuff, yeah, right? And they so, cannot arrest you, <laughs> and they cannot charge you with a crime. Or private court systems. This is my judge. I pay him. No, and I would. I mean, from to be a, fair, I pay him to be fair. <laughs> I pay him to give me the verdicts I want, which is <laughs> sort of in a little bit what we have today. Or I elect people that appoint judges that'll give me the verdicts I want. That's what we have. Which is still better than like where Duncan and I are going to court and no, I the mean, judges so, well, the on question my is, payroll. Who's going to win? No, I would – I mean so from a theological point of view, we believe that God established government to punish wrongdoing. So the whole court system, the whole police, whatever, yeah, that's a proper function of government. That's why you have it. You have military, police, courts, laws. Fire is an interesting one though. I mean, I think I, you're being. I think you're you're reading. So you're reading Romans thirteen narrow, and and the way it's yes for punishment. Sure. I agree, but just because it says government and punishment does not then preclude other functions. But the, you're right. It does not say only. There's a necessary. Well, there's again necessary function of government, and then there's other things where is government, and again based on how we structure government, the best tool to accomplish the task. And again, I'm arguing no, but it's the most expedient. 
Yeah, I, I think that it's an interesting debate on... It, it's inefficient. I mean, say it this way, right? So for education, we spend way too much money on education for the product we're getting. It, the government education is radically inefficient, right? I mean, mm-hmm. per pupil cost, all that kind of crap, right? Radically inefficient, yet expedient. I live in this district, my kid goes to that school, and I'm done. Yeah, but my, my issue is always um, the competition that, that drives capitalism, and the money that drives capitalism to privatize only schools, to, so to get rid of public schools, is a bad idea because there will always be – I mean, and there should be. There should be a faster car that I'm going to spend more money on. I should have the freedom to say I make enough money to buy a Ferrari, but you only make enough money to buy a Corolla. <laughs> so I shouldn't be forced – we shouldn't all be forced to drive Corollas because you can't afford one. So you get into this system where – the the privileged kids are always going to get more and more privileged and the, the gap widens. But the fact that you're calling them privileged kids shows the bias. I'm not biased. There's Some people have more money than other people. That's just true. And some people choose yes overall. But for most people, like middle class folks like us, I could send my kid to an elite private school if I wanted to. I would have to sacrifice other things like my car that's faster than a Corolla, like my house, right? Like so many other things, my retirement. But I could still choose to do it. It's a matter of priority for most of us. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. I, I would I would say that I mean, the elite private schools for a kid your age, your kid's age, is going to run forty grand a year. Which theoretically we could do Not, if we prioritized food. it. No, if you stay alive. <laughs> How much does your church pay you? <laughs> no, we could. Alyssa could choose to work full time. How many kids do you have? Less than you. <laughs> what are you doing for March Madness this year? Are you have you already done that? No. You haven't done that yet? No. Why would I why would I get snipped? Why would I To stop Luke Timms from running around? Well, my wife is cut. Oh, there you go. When when we had the triplets, I I told the doctor, I told the surgeon as long as you Everything must go. <laughs> as long as you're in there. I mean, really, like they're literally right there. And, and my wife swore when we were younger, all the way up to the triplets, she was like, and you are getting the procedure because yours is outpatient. Mine is a surgery. Yours is this. And I, we got to the trip, like, we're having a C-section, honey. We're, we're going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> they literally take all your guts out and they're looking at a uterus and they're looking at the, the ovaries and the fallopian. They're right there. Just, just doink. <laughs> And she's we're like, done. Yeah. Fortunately, she's practical and is like, ah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. I'm still firing live. No blanks for me. You're going to get cut or are you already done? I don't know. No, I'm not done. Can I have more than two? We don't know. We're open to the idea for another few months. And then it becomes, yeah, too old for this. Yeah, that's true. You are pretty old. I'm about your age, right? <laughs> Isn't that right? Uh, 41? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Your podcast in 10 years. So, uh, <laughs> just aches and pains with Luke Tim. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Aging gracefully. It's, it's bad. So I, in my, my workout group, I work out with, I'm the oldest person in my workout group. And it's, it's sad. <laughs> yes. It's so sad. And it, it's nice because I work out with, you know, it's, it's a mixed group, men and women. And like 
the women are kicking my ass. But what, do you, what, what exactly are you doing, Luke? Working out. What exactly are you working out doing? Oh, well, like they – when I say they're, they're, they're outperforming <laughs> me, that's on like the Metcon, which is the like bunch of pull-ups and row and then do – So you're doing CrossFit? No. Ish, ish, ish. yoga? It's a little CrossFit. Yeah, yoga. Geriatric CrossFit? Embarrassing. So don't do it. No, it's good for you. A lot of things are good for you. <laughs> don't do any of them. Don't do any of them. But it's, it's, it's great motivation because on the one hand, like I can outlift. I'm stronger than these 25-year-old these chicks. But then we get to that part where it's like the You the just hustle. said I can outlift sorority sisters. I, yes. It's, it's a that, badge of honor. The only thing okay. I can hold on to because we get to like the, the cardio stuff. And I am having a heart. I have three heart attacks a week. I'm dying, and these these little chicks are just zipping circles little deer around me. Just bloop, 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 yeah, bloop, bloop. I'm like dying. If I ever catch you, <laughs> yeah, you're lucky. Like, what's gonna happen when you lift up something heavy, huh? Then what? It's know. the same. I'm at uh, the DMAC thing, trail trail point, and same thing. Last yes, I was looking around the weight room. I'm like, I'm the oldest guy here. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah. it's not even like I have to go up to two guys and be like, Hey, it looks close. When were you born? No, it's just it, the survey of the room. Like I got 10 years on all of you. Mm-hmm. Old man strength is a real thing though. Oh, absolutely. It's fun. Like you guys look strong, does not look good naked. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at power lifters. They're, they're, they're ugly. ripped cut power lifters. They're, they're all like ugly. 80 pounds overweight. They're these tubby but gross They guys. can move a house. Yes. Yeah, old man strength is real. I'm stronger today yep. than I've ever been. I, I deadlifted 425 <laughs> two days ago. Yeah, it's it's real because your metabolism is so slow that your body's not eating muscle ever. It's just <laughs> it's literally not burning anything. Hey, whatever Fat, you put on is muscle, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's true. So that's fun because you get the stares of like the hell is that fat guy beating me? I've got all these veins and like cuts and all this. And he's over there. My big moment of being excited was I was putting a sermon together for about how strong I am. Was I was putting a sermon together and was talking about that one arm football player, Seattle. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, you can't make the NFL. I made it without a hand. Like, I suck at everything. But it said that he beat everyone in the combine by benching 225 20 times. Mm-hmm. I could do it 15. I do it 25. Nice. So for me, I was so like, you're ready for the NFL. I'm stronger than a one arm football player <laughs> at that. What's your 40 time? Yeah, I can bench 225. Yeah. <laughs> My 40 <laughs> time is measured in minutes. Is complete. Yes, I can run the 40. <laughs> I mean, eventually. Right. <laughs> stop but no, that was, that was kind break. of an eye opening, like old man strength, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good. Well, and then I mean, there's positions in football like quarterback. Those guys don't bench press 225 very much. I mean, it's Peyton Manning never bench pressed. I don't think his whole life he just threw the ball really well. And that's why he'll never be the best. Yeah. Who do you think is the best quarterback? Yeah. I, of all time, it's the wrong question. Who had the greatest success? You can answer that, but the greatest quarterback depends on did you have an offensive line? I mean, Barry Sanders, right? Perfect example. Probably the greatest running back of all time won't hold all the records because he didn't have an offensive line. Played for Detroit. But, right? Yeah. Best running back. So who's the best quarterback? I don't know. Probably someone playing for an 8-8 team that we've never heard of. 
No, but, it's Tom Brady. And I hate to say that because I hate Tom Brady with every fiber of my being. He can't run. Right, but he doesn't have to. But that's part, I don't know. But that's measuring. Like, I hate Tom running. Brady. I do too. I super hate him. Because he's, he's our age. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't understand. He's pressing 225. <laughs> no, he's Giselle. What is with Giselle way? Not 225. Not yet. <laughs> Oh, no, she's going to be one of those genetic freaks who's like 80 years. Like Christy Brinkley is hot <laughs> and she's like 55. More than that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Google that. How old is Christy oh, Brinkley? Geez. It's and, the and grossest turned, thing in the world. And he turns the screen away from me while he Googles Christy Brinkley. I'll show Brink- you. Just give me a minute. How old is <laughs> Christy Brinkley? Formerly. 64. I told you. Oh, my word. Yeah, Medicare next year. Social yeah, Security, Medicare. A picture of her. I I know. I Look don't look at that. That's not a recent picture. It is. Well, I don't have my glasses on, <laughs> dude. It's um, that's that's genetics. That and a whole lot of products. Well, she probably yeah. She products, but still, like she just won the genetic lottery. That's just and there's people like that. I mean, there's just people who win the genetic lottery. Yeah, you're pointing to yourself. <laughs> You've, I'll live you forever, won the marriage lottery. Yeah, you only get to win one lottery a lifetime. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> so what are we talking about? I have no idea. So the Ocasio-Cortez yeah. on the left, Hillary on the other side, Democrats. Uh, I, I, we need a third party. I mean that's – that. The, oh, I agree. And, and does Trump <clears throat> run for re-election? If he doesn't – I think if Trump doesn't think he can win, he doesn't run. I think his ego is so big that he would rather I'm done than risk losing. Well, not only do I think he thinks he can win, I think he can win. I I, I don't anticipate – because again, what what are people going to be voting on? They're going to be voting on the price of gas, the economy. The economy won't be that great. uh, It's not bad now. Now, I I also believe it's a fiat economy. I I believe we're living a bubble and I I believe it's just like the housing crisis when it was like, dude, the housing market's amazing. All I have to do is is sign a piece of paper and they give me a house for like nothing. Uh, Yeah, that's that's not a good system. That's a that's a bubble like our economy, I I think, is probably a giant bubble. But your average voter is going to be like, no, stock market's up. I got a job. Well, no, I think I think we're due for a, a stock market correction, twenty to thirty percent. Not because of any bubbles, just because it's I all the money that, that, simply because of this, right? So baby boomers are, are retiring. So where are their assets going to go? The huge generation millennials aren't investing. Gen X, we're I don't know what we're doing, but millennial, but baby boomers are the investing class right now. And as they age, their investments are going to be taken out of the market and put into bonds which now have higher yields. So the the rate at which the baby boomers' retirement money is moving from stocks over to risk-free assets will increase because the risk-free assets are yielding more, leading to a decline in the market economy, 20 to 30%. <coughs> so, And I don't think that we're mature enough to realize people our age and younger, I want the market to go down 30%. So you can get in? I want to get in at a cheaper price. It'll go right. back up before we retire. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot about the market. I'm just saying like if it doesn't correct or if there's no bubble burst before he's elected, before 2020, the election, sure, sure. he gets elected. I, and this is my conspiracy theory, so I'm wrong. I think 
I think the Fed, the Fed knows they can sink the economy by increasing rates back to normal. And the question is, does the Fed want Trump reelected or not? Mm-hmm. Because they can single-handedly crash the economy by bumping interest, interest rates up before the next election from, what are we now, about 3% up doesn't to... doesn't Trump have some influence on who is running the Fed? I don't know. Yes, but he doesn't have ultimate control over it. They can they can raise rates independent of him, and I think they will. I bet, I bet it doesn't burst, and I bet he gets reelected because I can't. I mean, there there isn't a single, I don't think a single decent candidate out there on the other side, Democrat, that can win. And that I mean, honestly, probably the the most the girl from Hawaii. Yes, and I do like her. Um, mm, she has some crazy stuff, but she's the one you run against Trump. She's a veteran. Mm-hmm. I'm pre- and I don't know this, but I'm pretty sure she doesn't have a whole lot of skeletons. I think she's pretty straight laced. Yeah. Um, she's that. liberal enough in some areas that she's she could bring in. She could bring in the crazies, but when you listen to her talk, she doesn't talk like a crazy. Yeah, no, she's she is. Um, the, she surfs. Yeah, and, and and all that. It's a compelling alternative to you have her on stage. She's younger. She's athletic, and then you have the orange one, right? <laughs> you so, got the Cheeto. So, right? No, Tulsi I think Tulsi Gabbard. That's who yeah, it is. yeah. I, I think she presents a the, the the problem is what does she bring in? I mean, you're going to win Hawaii anyway, so you you want to have the Democrats would be smart to nominate someone from the Midwest, somewhere where you like Ohio, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. even which I know is not the Midwest, but some state that you lost that you should have won. So you know you're going to win it. <laughs> I, I think Tulsi Gabbard could win. Um, mm-hmm. she, she can pull in a, a younger demographic. She mm-hmm. can pull in a, – a lot of women didn't vote for Hillary because even though – see, I, I feel like there was – Because she's Beast. Yeah. She's not a compelling candidate. <laughs> I, I think there was this. She assumption. can't stand up. She's a back brace, Bill. Yeah, Bill was, in the White House for another four years, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, every conservative media pundit is like, please put Bill back in the White House for another four years. I think that the the Democratic Party got this in their head that well, obviously, um, if we run a woman, all women will only vote for a woman. Right? It's the echo chamber of putting people into. Individual groups, right? You are a man. You are a cisgendered white male. Therefore, you are – that is your identity. And they don't realize that that people don't compartmentalize themselves that way. Right. And that, and that people, every demographic can actually think outside of their own specific identity and say, what is best for me or what is best for my family? So whenever I hear that – and I listen to a lot of uh, left progressive podcasts and, and news sources. They're like, I just can't understand how any woman would vote for Trump. Like, it's because see, you're thinking that way. Yeah, you can't imagine how a woman has any kind of conservative republic. You, you believe that all dudes are Republican. Like you really believe women Democrat, man Republican. And really? well, Hillary, Hillary's on record saying that. Like <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're betraying me. You're betraying women by voting for Trump, and like you're betraying women by thinking of women that way. Yeah, the women are so single-minded. That we all have. We're all in these little pockets of groups, and it, right. it doesn't work. No, I think Tulsi is. A compelling alternative for, mm-hmm. for the Democrats. Um, I think she's nutty enough on the left that Ocasio would uh, would be on board with that. Um, in terms of the establishment, see, here's the thing, though. I think for the Democrats, I think Hillary would have done more damage to them than Trump has done to the Republicans. If Hillary had won, that's why I was almost, I mean, in a weird way, Schadenfreude. 
<laughs> let let Hillary be president for four years and then see what happens in the the midterms and when she runs for re-election. It would have been very, very bad for Democrats to have Hillary in the White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, but yeah, but back to Ocasio. Part of the problem is, number one, she's full of crap. Um, she wasn't ready to win. Well, and – so all of the all of the stuff that she was kind of you know we're going to shake things up we're going to change she supported Pelosi for speaker it's like really really you're you're just going right back to the the way things were before when you were like so upset and Democrats got to get this figured out and Republicans got to get this figured out and then push comes to shove she's like nah I'm just with my party the Democrats he took a walk down K Street and realized this is the way it works That's so garbage I and then and she's also not that bright and, and and she whenever she talks it's like no oh. she's she's a great foil for Republicans she's a great foil yes most definitely um, but but I think she has a block that whoever runs for president is going to want to make sure they have the wholehearted, deep-throated endorsement of. Yeah, I think that they're going to run Biden. That's my guess. Uh, because on paper he can win, but he can't win. I agree. Uh, he's a he's a horrible candidate. And he's he's kind of like Slick Willie in the, the, kind of the way that he talks, but he makes gaffes. He makes gaffes he's, he's a slick, lot. Slick, 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 Until slick, he's slick. not. Whoops. And that's where Trump is going to walk out. And black people put you back in chains. Mm. Oops. We can't talk like that about them anymore. <laughs> he is so that's where Trump would eat him alive in debates. Trump would get under his skin, and you'd just see the real, just, the real Joe Biden. Stupid, and then what Trump is good at is taking like a little weakness and like like putting a name, thing putting up. a name to it, and yeah, giving crooked it some, Hillary a sound, yeah, crooked Hillary, lock her up, uh, low energy Jeb. Um, I mean, he had Lion Ted, Lion Ted, like he just had these little ways to just, man, and it's so effective. It's incredibly effective. It's so stump, right? I mean, it's, I'm not not saying it's good. I'm not saying I, no, it's, it's a great stump speech kind of tool. Yeah. He is a tool. That's for sure. So Christmas is coming up. (laughs) Oh yeah. We're pastors. What's going on at, when is this, this is going to go on before Christmas, right? Yeah. So, so what's what's Living Faith doing to celebrate the Nativity? Well, we're not having Christmas. This is a pet peeve of mine. Is is we have some of our friends who are very, uh, I don't know, they're they're morons. I I don't know how to say it. But you can't have Christmas if you don't celebrate the Mass. So if you don't have communion, it's not really Christmas. Christ Mass, Christ Mass. Oh, that's dumb. I see this every single year. And I'm, I'm guessing my Facebook is about to, you know, one quarter of my friends who are pastors are going to light it up and be like, you got to have communion. No, you if don't. you don't have communion, you can't call it Christmas because you, you are not having a mass. You know, there's no communion. It's not Christmas. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> Man, there's really no, like, <laughs> I, yeah, we're dumb, dumb. <laughs> we're not doing communion no. because we do communion on Sunday. Oh, there you go. So, and Saturday night. So no, we are doing the Christmas Eve. I think you should work. The church should offer a worship service on Christmas simply to defend the, it's a Christian holiday thing on Christmas day. You mean? Yeah. 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 We don't, we do. So living faith, people abandon Luke, (laughs) come over to St. Paul, Christmas day, nine o'clock. I may not be there, but our associate (laughs) will. (laughs) I mean, it's not so important that you would go, but other people should definitely go. Yeah. 
that's pretty much what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, we might be there. It all depends on. We have to get up to Alyssa's folks' lake cabin. So uh, rob our house while we're gone. By the way, and, so that's uh, like literally the reason we don't have Christmas is because we we want to encourage people be with your family, go somewhere. But you can encourage somewhere. that while also saying the church will offer this. No, I'd because just, it's a priority say your of the church. church. Offers this. I would be ecstatic. But please do, and we also have, you want to offer church on Sunday morning for us too. If <laughs> you want to worship at eight, what time do you guys worship here? You do it like nine and ten thirty. Nine. Okay, if you want to worship at eight, send your people over here. Since we worship at ten thirty, I got nothing for you. Yeah, ten forty-five. Do you – is your 8 o'clock worship traditional? Yeah. Then, yeah, none of my people will go. It's good traditional though. No. They won't go? Prove them right. wrong. Prove them wrong. Do All it. you people that hate Luke that want to leave, they're like <laughs> out to get him and you're like, should I set his house on fire or should I do something else? This is the something else you want to do. You want to worship in a traditional setting at St. Paul. And make sure you fill out a connection card so you guys o'clock. send us like a little thing. We would like to you know someone so commuted at our church there today. <laughs> By the way, we made him a member. So, that, <laughs> so that's one of my, my biggest pet peeves is that. And then uh, my, another Christmas thing that, that drives me crazy is um, the the whole – Peace or, on earth, goodwill to men. Yeah, just, absolutely. Bunch of horse shit. Uh, no, the um, Jesus Jesus born in a stable. No, he wasn't. He was born in the – and the people get all weird. And, and we get fight, we get fighty about like yeah. the, the physical structure in which – um, God became a human being. But how and where and when? God became things. a human blah, blah, being. Blah, blah, whatever, but I need right. to know where and when. The wise men weren't there. But but the song says they were. There's three of them. Maybe. We three kings. Only, only we could take the, the birth of the son of God and argue over like what animals were there. Right. Uh the son of God was born. <laughs> Did they have sheep back then? They had sheep because the shepherds would have brought the sheep with them. The son of God was born. Yeah, there's this new thing that's going well, Joseph on. Joseph and Mary technically married, I mean, because they're going to get divorced, but they haven't come to get... The son of God was born. But there's things I can argue about. But I don't care about that. I, I want to argue with my, my friend about magi and wise men, <laughs> magoi and magioi. And was it in four BC or three BC or seven AD or like? Because we found this document somewhere that said Herod on it, and so <clears throat> yeah. If you have strong opinions about the actual year that Jesus was born, please uh, contact me at St. Paul. I would love to hear. Uh, why one you know and why two it matters again the son of god was born yeah there's this thing that's that's being kicked around right now about um we know you know the the ah here it is i found it online i want to look this up um the migdal eater the tower of the flock the place where the lambs destined for the temple were born and raised blah 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 that's where Jesus was born and they laid him in the manger that they always lay the sacrificial lamb in. And that's such a bunch of crap. The son of God was born. <laughs> but I, I got an email just... from somebody who I love and adore. They're, they're, I do. I truly love them. Um, and they heard this and they hear this from people. They heard it from uh, a LCMS pastor who read this thing it's online. That's surprising. That's so aggravating. Like just <laughs> – do a little bit of research and read a little bit, and you realize the guy who came up with this is like a quack, 
And like he, but here's what happens. And I get this because I know that I could fall prey to this if I wasn't diligent. Like you get an idea of something cool in your head, and then you go and you try and make make it alive and real by reading the scripture according to my interesting cool thought. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, yeah. There's this tower that we know that these sacrificial lambs were raised at. So oh, Jesus was our sacrificial lamb. I bet that's where he was born. And you start just reading scripture and be like, yeah. If true, so what? Yeah. Okay, he was born there. Well, the Bible super doesn't say He's that. also the <laughs> son of God. Right. Well, and Christmas is so important that only one gospel actually talks about Christmas. Matthew references it. Mm-hmm. Mark and John don't. Right. But it's really important. I mean, it's cool. The son of God well, was Luke born. Luke talks about it. Luke's the one that does. Yeah. Right? He actually tells you about the birth. Right. Matthew's like, before the birth this happened and after the birth this happened, what about the birth? I got nothing. And that so what I've always found interesting is the the way in which those gospels came about, Luke goes and he he finds all of these eyewitnesses and writes the story from the perspective of the eyewitness. Where Matthew and Mark and John, you know, they didn't they met Jesus at like thirty, mm-hmm. some somewhere like many years after he was born, but Mary was there. So it seems really likely, again, I, Scripture doesn't say specifically, but it sounds to me like if Luke is looking for eyewitnesses and he has this crazy detailed account of the birth of Jesus, probably talked to mom, right? Probably had that conversation And then I Mary. treasured up all these things in my heart. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> treasured up in her heart. And then one day Luke was like, so how'd that go? What, what do you think about being the Theotokos? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a big deal, but we should we should really not hold so tightly to our concept of how it happened. Don't worry about getting the crash right, in other words. Yeah, but also like so don't hold too tightly to this is the way it was versus, you know, also don't don't worry. Like if it's cool if you've got a manger scene at home even though like our manger scene is always this outdoor stable looking thing. But that's not how they would keep animals back in that day. But that's how we keep animals. So, so when we hear animals. We since think, Jesus is white, we would also do the manger oh, thing correct. the way we do. <laughs> that's another thing that drives me crazy. It okay. doesn't matter what color your Jesus is. Yes, it just doesn't matter. He's the Son of God was born. He's a human being. We right. can see who God is now. And and it's like so. There's this like white Christian guilt. Be like so. Some people think, man, you know, Jesus wasn't really white, so I got to get rid of all my white Jesus. No, you don't. But you should also think to yourself that this isn't really what he looked like. We're yeah. not making a claim as right. like here he is with his blue eyes. And you shouldn't it's get, a human being. Yeah, but you also shouldn't get so hung up to be like Jesus definitely was white and that's why white people are better than other people because our savior is like Jesus was definitely a Jew. Like you can't you can't be an anti-semite hate Jews and still love the Jesus was who is Jewish. Genealogy. Right. So so who was it? Was it uh, was it Lauren or maybe it was – I can't remember. One, one of the Fox News anchors years ago got all worked up because somebody had a, a black Santa. And and she's like, no, Santa was not black. Well, St. Nicholas. <laughs> right? But here's the thing. Like, um, A, Santa's a fictional character. <laughs> so. And my fictional character can beat up your <laughs> fictional character. Right? Like you – you're making sure. super like objective and hard positions on the race of 
a, a fictional character. When we get rid of sin, sickness, and death, maybe then we can like yell at each other about those things. But don't we have? Well, maybe we also, when we get rid of sin, sickness, and death, not have fictional characters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's it's okay. It's okay if like we we might as well be arguing about you know the the number of My Little Pony characters. Like when I was a kid, there was only five, and now there's like thirty. Okay, again. Fictional The characters. real Voltron is the lions. <laughs> yes. That's a no. great one. No. Yeah, there's, that's not the real Power there's Rangers. not cars and trucks and Voltron. Yeah. So, again, Santa. If Matt Conrad's listening, he'd appreciate that. <laughs> Santa is definitely Matt not. Conrad, shout out at 124.30 into the podcast. I'll make sure and tag him. Yeah. And get him listening to this. Yeah, so Santa, <laughs> Santa fictional, so he can be whatever color you want. And... He can go up and down your chimney. He can walk in the front door. I uh, don't care. I don't care. It's fine. It's a fictional character. Now we don't. Do you guys do Santa in your house? We do. Why? Is it because you hate Jesus and want to ignore his birth? It's because I'm trying to secularize the holiday and confuse my kids as to what's real and what's fake. Yeah, it's because you, you don't want to be the family that's like, <laughs> well, no, you don't want your kid to be the first kid in the class to tell all the other kids Santa's not real, right? You also don't want your kid to be the last one believing in Santa. Right. We had kids in confirmation a few years ago that still believe no. in Santa. Yeah. That was awkward. <laughs> it was That's like seventh grade. That's like thirteen. Well, it was it was sixth, right? So like uh, so right? That's, that's really old. That is pretty darn old. When I was growing up in the DC area, there was actually it was made the news. There was a couple that got married and they both still believed in Santa. And so the first Christmas they're together comes around. The cookies are still here. No present the milk showed is up. Still here. No <laughs> present showed up. <laughs> I can't believe that's real. I don't want to believe that's real. That's not real. They were faking it. No, it was. It was. I mean, I was a kid, but it's the kind of thing that you remember reading about, and you're like, that's awesome. Yeah. Because so, for me, it was. It was like either second or third grade, and it was. It wasn't like a dramatic. It was just like. All right, so it's you, mom and dad. All right, cool. Now you got that figured out. Let's tackle this Easter Bunny thing. <laughs> <laughs> but Easter Bunny's totally real. So, so we we do kind of a hybrid. In oh, that, it's gonna be weird. That's no, it's really is. not. Like our kids, we, we do. It's Satan. a home invader, actually. <laughs> no, we don't hybrid shoot him. Satan or Santa, Satan, Santa, whatever. We don't. We don't hybrid Santa. We hybrid. Do they believe in Santa? Because right now, like we we always just say, is Santa real? And my kids, who are four, the triplets are – well, they'll be five here in a week. Um, they, they don't understand what real is. You know, they're still working that, that out. Mm-hmm. So is, is G.I. Joe real? Yeah, he's right there on the screen. Because I can't abstract it. Yeah, I mean, is, is My but Little somewhere Pony real? There's, yeah. I mean, My Little Pony is real. Because it's on TV. That and is – the it, TV, My Little Pony is my – there's not a it, – well, it, And the, they have little figures. That this is they, they can hold a My Little Pony. This figure is real and it's called My Little Pony. Dad, yeah. why is this confusing to you? Yeah, real and not real is not – a. They're not holding this concept. So they're not. They're not. They're not uh, platonic philosophers with the the the, the physical and then the ideal. No, they're four. <laughs> right. So right. Right. Yeah. As they advance in age and start to figure out what is real and what is not real, Santa goes away. Yeah. Well, but here's the fun thing: is we always we will always do Santa. Sure. Well, we did it growing up. It was still yeah. like in mom's handwriting from Santa. Yes. Like, Tell Santa thank you. Yeah, I was 17 years old, and my mom is making me sit on Santa's lap and take a picture. 
because it's awesome. <laughs> we do that with our kids. We make our no. grown-up kids. No. Absolutely. It's fun. Yeah, that my, my 14-year-old doesn't believe in Santa. But he's that's, gonna that's sit good. on Santa's lap good, and he's gonna take a picture of Santa. And you're gonna ask him for things. Yeah, and, and he's, he's gonna tell the real Santa to bring the thing that he wants. And every year my my 14-year-old son will get presents from Santa. And since he was about five or six, he knew it was mom and dad. And it's never been an issue. There was never this like existential crisis of, no, I believed he was Everything real. I believe is fake. I hate I Jesus. I in magic. Now, oh, one of my brothers, when, when I was – we first had Isaac and he was getting to that age and it, he found out that's how we were going to run things. He was. He and his wife were both like, I can't believe you're going to rob them of that joy and that mystical – Sorry. And I was like, do you realize billions of kids grow up without Santa? Like, this is a, right, this is, this very, is a very specific <laughs> American garbage. <laughs> like it's, and they're okay. Like, kids who grow up in other countries who don't believe in Santa, they grow up okay. And they're, ours isn't, like, the best kids on the planet. See, Thomas has asked, he asked last year, you know, the, is Santa real? And I had to do the, well, what do you think? And... Uh, our son is very brilliant. He's <laughs> very he's very gifted. After his he's mom. very gifted. And no, he is. He he's a thinker. And he uh I think he's figured out it's not real, but I need to play I need to play my role because I want to get the stuff. Oh. I think he's figured out that if I say he's real, then it continues as it always has. So I'm not going to question Santa because I want the stuff. But you don't ask the question, is Santa real if you haven't made up your mind? Yeah, as soon as our kids ask if Santa's real, we say no. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, is Santa real? I go, oh, you're figuring out what is real and what isn't real. And I go, no, it's this pretend thing that mom and dad do. It's a lot of fun. And it's great. And they go, oh. Okay. Does we still get presents now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And they're going to say Santa on them, and it's fun. And they're like, oh, all right, fine. <laughs> There's like zero The thing stress. you want to avoid, though, is your kid being the one that tells his class Santa's not real. And I didn't – I, I should follow one. that up. Yeah, with, yeah. I threaten them with physical violence. I say <laughs> – if, if I you hear ruined. that you ruined this thing for kids who do believe in it, A, you get no presents, and B, you will get a spanking. You'll get a paddling. <laughs> like you will, That's a paddling. I am not <laughs> going to be that family that ruins people's like. So, no, you are not allowed. So, yeah. So, Merry Christmas. And all of my kids, now it's going to change because the triplets are, are the youngest. They all love the idea of like carrying this on and, and playing the part. I think it's fun. Do you do Elf on a Shelf? No. Good. Because I'm not I'm not like morally, philosophically, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do the work. It seems like a lot of work. Yeah. And like I'd forget like yeah. half the time, like he's in the same place. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this one's easy. Daddy was easy. drinking last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Daddy was drinking last night and now nobody knows where Elf on a Shelf is. <laughs> yeah. No, that's just garbage. And I and I it's just more who who in December's like, you know what I got a lot of? It's free time. Let's make up something else that I have to invest in every single day. Stupid soccer moms. And so my thing is uh, um yeah? you're gonna you're gonna like this. Angry James. Angry I James I do like Angry James who hung out at my house a couple of years ago, um, here in Iowa, because he's just kind of doing his uh raise money tour. So we were we were talking, um he does not celebrate any birthdays or Christmas in, mm. in any like present giving 
formal way at all with his kids. Financially shrewd. No. What he he plans out basically the same sort of a thing, but he's his philosophy, he takes and I, I agree with this to an extent, but he takes it to an extreme. He says, I don't want my kids associating presents with Christmas or birthday, like somehow living another year, you should be rewarded. He goes, I want my kids to think my my dad and mom buy me presents because they love me. Does James love his kids, do you think? I'm not sure, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. I love Andrew James. But we don't we don't do the whole naughty or nice thing with Santa. Like yeah, I, we don't we don't I do that do either. Do not want my no. kids to associate um, be good, get stuff. Right. Do not want that at all. So it is just straight up Santa brings gifts because it reminds us of the wise men who brought gifts to Jesus. Full stop. That's it. Okay. And Son of God was born. Yeah, I mean, we continue the conversation past that yeah, <laughs> and who Jesus is and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> like that reminds us of the Son of God and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's not, it got nothing to do because Jesus isn't, like we don't, Jesus' birth wasn't contingent on whether you were naughty or nice. Like No, it was God. contingent on you being naughty. Yeah, so be naughty and God will send his son, born of a woman, born under law to redeem those under law. And you get presents. For Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely, well, it's just different. Let's just separate the whole, I don't like, but Jesus is the best gift of all. So we're going to give gifts. Like, let's just be like, we're giving gifts because it's what we do. Period. Weird, whatever. Sure. And let's talk about Jesus over here. And instead of make awkward connections that end up in some sort of like heterodox Jehovah's witness kind of thing. Let's just be, Hey, Christmas is awesome. We're getting together as a family. We're giving gifts and we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Son of God was born. That's a big deal. We can now know who God is because mm-hmm. he took on flesh and appeared to us in a way that we can understand. Mm-hmm. As light shining in a dark place. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Is your sermon going to suck this year for Christmas Eve? No. What are you going to talk about? Uh, so we're, our Advent theme is the word becomes flesh. So it's all about logos and living a logos sort of life. So that God. Living a logos life. Yeah. At living faith. Yeah. A lot With of Luke Tim. <laughs> A lot of alliteration. The LCMS. <laughs> the old CMS. <laughs> so, um, and then the specific sermon title for Christmas Eve and the following two Sundays is Do You Hear What I See? <laughs> and we're not Ooh. singing the song because the song sucks out loud. It is awful. No, it, it is. It's, Top three worst christmas E songs ever. Yeah. It's really about the Cuban Missile Crisis. I, I had to look that up as I was writing my sermons and stuff and getting prepared for that series. Did you know we never sit foot on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Oh. Steph Curry did make it into my last sermon, by the way. <clears throat> She's in almost all of mine. And the giant life-size poster here in the recording studio. <laughs> right next to White Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, um, word becomes flesh. Do cool. you hear what I see? In other words, hear, word, flesh, see. Yes. That's the the story comes to life. That's kind of been the whole working it Sounds theme. biblical. Well, it's it's cool because like, there's this secular idea of when a, a story is really good, it like comes to life. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Like, yeah, exactly. like but for reals. <laughs> I love it. For reals nice. and for keeps, yeah. What are you doing? Uh, Coop and I are actually, we're preaching together. 
Yeah, we, we won't fight over who gets Christmas Eve. So we're we're doing back and forth, no, not no, no, awkward. Like, like I preach one message, he pre- like we're dialoguing. Yeah, because preaching is weird, right? I'm, you're going to sit there and I'm going to talk to you for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions or anything like that, or like you don't understand what I'm saying, you can't you like – Shut your pie hole. You can't do anything. <laughs> if you want me to like, hey, can you say more about – I don't care. I have this thing I need to get through. And so preaching is weird, right? So we're we're doing this as kind of a foreshadowing for our – we're going to do midweek service year-round starting after Lent next year. And okay. we want to do a – feel free to ask questions and interrupt us when we're preaching. So you just do it. Your sermon is just basically a live podcast. Pretty much. Oh, you're welcome for the idea. I mean, it's pre-planned. Like we right. are not going to wing Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's not like this podcast. <laughs> no. What's the, what's the title for this one going to be? Like adult pastors <laughs> talking about things because they're thinking they about next about. week. Yeah. Yes. All right. We do have to end though because the Bible says waiting to get in here and I got to go do something. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming in, Duncan. Mwah. What I tell you, we were all over the place on that one. I hope you enjoyed it. It was fun just to catch up with Duncan. Great guy. I just really do enjoy talking to him. So I'm hoping you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed that. But I honestly don't care because um, this is really all about me and how much fun I'm having. So, ha, there you go. Uh, as I said earlier, please let me know if there's something you want me to talk about, cover, topic, whatever it might be. Uh, not only do I have Doug coming up, I'm also hoping to... Maybe, maybe have a couple other guests in here, uh, maybe a past guest that I think everybody enjoyed um, in Matt Schnorr, and I'm kind of hoping maybe I can get a cop in here to talk a little bit about policing in America today. Wouldn't that be an interesting one? Um, Good, good friend of mine. Um, I'd say he's my best friend, really. Uh, Yeah, he's a cop, and uh, he's got some insight, but I want to make sure he's cool talking about that. So, um, until next time, be good. Be good.